dry weather, low humidity, pleasant afternoons following the crisp, cool mornings ahead. Today's mid-80s, though, will drop tonight. Clear skies in the morning and 50s to near 60. Sunshine the afternoon tomorrow on a high into the upper 70s. It's upper to mid-70s Saturday, followed by near 80 under a sunny afternoon on Sunday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Industry of Faith Louisiana is holding its job fair and tailgate cook-off. Company representatives will be on hand with applications and interviewing for many different jobs, including industrial electricians, electrical technician, welders, carpenters, truck drivers, pipe fitters, and many more. Thursday, October 15th, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the River Parishes Community College Technical Training Center, Gonzales. Vendors in the oil and gas market are welcome to participate. To register, click industryoffaithla.com. ago, I was saying to myself and anybody who would be sitting nearby that I, we were going to go on the show right now with the food show. And as soon as I did that, it brought in all the people in, uh, walking around the immediate vicinity. And uh, as soon as you did that, you wanted to go get something to drink. To hear, yeah. And uh, you know, that's, that's what everybody registered. Uh, you know, I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. And you couldn't say no because there it was, and it had been uh, uh, so brought you in have? for a special um, event you have? for us to uh, to get into and talk about uh, something. If you were listening to my program of a, a couple of days ago, there was a, an accident that uh, I happened to get involved in. Uh, I'm lucky enough to really have survived it. Yeah, we talked about it and, uh, yesterday. Well, if you've talked about it, then I don't want to, you know, take a lot yeah. of time to waste on it. But uh, that's what I did that day, and I'm sorry if I was not uh, right in the forefront there. Uh, but here we are again, and I like being on the front and lend. And uh, in you look this pretty case, in it's pink, the food Tom. Show. What? You look pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. You look pretty in pink. I am in that pink. Maybe from the '80s. Pretty you know in pink. I I wear uh, I wear pink pretty often. If only Penn had linked linked in that pocket. Huh? It's too bad. Who? <laughs> the first time you wore that shirt, that your pen leaked into that pocket. It's too really? bad. It's a very pretty shirt. Nice, pretty, mm. palish pink. Hi, everyone. It's the Food Show TGIF. Love Fridays. Who doesn't love Fridays? It's a gorgeous day outside. And we try to go to La Coretta, which is kind of our go-to thing for lunch uh, on a beautiful day like today. And it was so packed that there was literally no place to sit. So we wound up picking up a roast beef poor boy from Bears for a quick snack before we started the show. The I show comes on at two, no matter what. We have, uh, not Kenny LaCour, but uh, Kim Kringle, Kringley today. Mm -hmm. uh, he's gonna be on at three o'clock. This is the anniversary week, 30 years for the Dakota restaurant. And uh, we mentioned the last time we were in there that he should call the show. So he's going to do that today at 3 o'clock. Oh. We'll talk about the 30 years and the being maybe the first gourmet restaurant on the North Shore. I'm trying to think if there's one before it. Well, maybe La Provence. Yeah, La Provence predates it. But there are no more. 
Yeah, so I guess the, the, the longest, the earliest and still going restaurant <clears throat> on the North Shore. Although Lake House was also, okay, forget it, never mind. Um, Dakota, though, is really a gourmet restaurant. And I don't know if, well, I want to know, La Provence actually was pretty gourmet. Did you think La Provence in the era of Chris Caragiorgio was gourmet, Tom? Oh, no or question Or was about it? It was. Okay. Because yeah, I don't think I ever went. So. Five stars for me. It was? From, okay. Yeah, for well, a long, long time and worth every nickel of it. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, then never mind. Uh, Dakota was oh, not the first gourmet restaurant on the North Shore. La Provence definitely does predate it. And B-Shack's, I guess, too. Cause and they had another uh, story to tell long before that. I remember the first time I went to... Uh, the B Shack restaurant, that was the name of it. I think yep. just B Shack. And uh, B Shacks. Uh -huh. it, it was an interesting uh, article, if I may say so. Uh, I was writing articles for New Orleans Magazine at the mm -hmm. time. Had been oh, so that is a long time ago. That's back in it's the 70s, pretty, yeah. In the late 70s, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, this uh, uh, was, uh, where was I going with that? We were the, talking the, about B Shacks. The B, B Shacks. Uh, -huh. uh was basically put together by all the people who came in there with boats mostly, you know, uh -huh. and some railroad tracks that would come in all the way around the half of the uh, boats Lake. coming uh -huh. in from the east side and another one uh -huh. duplicating it on the right one. And there it was. Uh, my favorite moment with that was that Mr. Um, Bishak, whose name I don't exactly really remember. Uh, he was well no known. He was uh, a major person. Dennis was his son's name. Was he Dennis. A, was Dennis a junior? Was it Dennis Bishak? Uh, it could have been, yeah. but uh, they were nice nice people. And I remember one day having lunch with, uh, with I think, I want to say Dennis or yeah, something. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis. Okay. Yeah. Well, that might have been him. Mm -hmm. And we got to talking uh, about the article I had written and a couple of other things that happened around there. And uh, then he pointed out uh, the fact that uh, he had an unusual phone number. I said, what's, mm -hmm. what's your phone? Uh, yeah. The problem. And he said, it's four. I know. And I said, <laughs> well, no, what's, I mean, what's the phone number so yeah. I can call you if I want to talk to you about something? He said, the number is four. Uh -huh. That's the whole number. Mm -hmm. And that's where it, it was Mayberry been. back in the day. Uh, Desiree mm -hmm. talks about when she had the number six or something like that. Because it, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Andy Griffith. We're talking to Mary Lee, who's sitting here. Oh yeah. Um, but the you would Look call you would call up and get the operator for the town to plug into someone else's number, and you know she would just you'd see her at a switchboard plugging things in, and, and that was actually the way it was in Mandeville. Not too long ago, because I know that... No, not, not that long at all. I know that uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine grew up that way. Mm -hmm. It's funny, because we're just talking about her brother. Um, <clears throat> we're talking about the, uh, the Taylor family in Mandeville. And we had a roast beef poor boy from Bears. And uh, to me, the high watermark is my friend's brother, Daryl, who had Daryl's poor boys on Monroe Street until, Katri into, until Katrina uh, wiped it away. And it was just the 
it was just the most charming hodgepodge of, it was kind of a wreck of a place. It was like a, an old time, was it maybe even a time saver, Tom? I don't know. It looked like that. It looked like a convenience store. And then he, he took yeah, everyone's, he took everyone's uh, dining room furniture that they wanted to cast away. And it was just like this hodgepodge of mismatched things, which contributed to the charm, in my opinion. But there was mm -hmm. a great roast beef poor boy there and the way he did yeah, it well I, I don't known. think he did it the way anyone else did it he would he would roast the beef and then put it in the refrigerator and let it be this cold mass and then he would slice it cold and then he would take the beef in like a strainer and dip it into the gravy that was just sitting there and that's how that's how he did it and I, I don't think I've ever seen that anyplace else. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six. You're listening to the Fitz Morrises, Tom and Marianne, mm -hmm. and we might hear from our little Red Bean edition every now and then. Uh, we have uh, if quite it a motivates few of those. her. I have a new uh, picture of one of them. Yeah. yeah Good. I, I probably left it at home. But. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, Tom is oh, National Sea Scallop Day. Is it? I don't know, is oh, it like really? Scallops. <laughs> National Sea Scallop you, Day. <laughs> you either like them or you don't like them. Do you like scallops? No, I never have. I don't. You know what? I used to like them, but they weren't really scallops. So maybe I maybe I like skate wings, but not scallops. Because in the old days, uh, in the 70s, when I was working as a, um, a telemarketer, a salesperson selling mm. Ichabod's Dinner Club cards. Ichabod? Ichabod's that, Dinner Club cards, yes. Is that, when you say that, you're talking about, hey, this amount of money and for going to I don't, this restaurant. I don't remember, I don't remember, but it was a brief period of time when I was selling on the phone Ichabod's Dinner Club cards. And um, we could eat at Ichabod's as part of the deal. And I used to always get scallops, but as it turns out, they were skate wings. So maybe I like skate wings, but I don't like scallops. But I know that whenever you have scallops and I try them, I they I don't I don't like their texture. Their texture is a little too soft. Yeah, I would say if that's the one thing I've seen, a lot of people yeah. don't really like scallops yeah. all that much. Uh, they will go for that. They'll say, I don't really like this. The texture. And it, it does yeah. have an unusual it does. texture. The, the sort most, of gelatinous. The biggest part of it was strong, and it didn't have a weird taste. It really was pretty yeah. normal. But what is a little strange, and it kind of goes around the track, and it at that point, it has this lobe set up. Mm -hmm. And then once you add the sauce to it, and the sauce is really what makes the, the deal, uh, and then you work it into the into the counter, and then you do that, and you realize that this is something you have to put some thought into and to skirt the skies a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, there you are, and there it is. I always love them. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you do love them. You do love them. Oh, and yeah, you I always get them, get them the whenever time. you see them. All right, we'll be back after these messages. Five five six nine six nine six. if you want to talk to us. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage 
sausage in stores all over town. This is Lenny Minutillo, chef owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, home of the original meat sauce pizza and sesame crusted muffalata calzone. The Happy Italian is serving our new full menu. Dine-in seating is limited. Takeout and curbside is available. Catering is available any day. Happy Italian Pizzeria in Harahan, open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Monday for lunch and dinner. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for lunch. Find us at happyitalian.com for info and online orders. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Desolman's catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, true, true, true. Five five six nine six nine six. You're listening to the Food Show. Thirty two years running. Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. Anyway, Tom, it's National Sea Scallop Day. There are the big ones, and they're excellent this time of year. I'm reading straight out of your almanac. Sea scallops come from the ocean in the Northeast. They range in size from about an inch across to the size of a petite filet mignon. Yeah, they do sometimes, huh? Where did you find them? Do you like those when they're super gigantic? Mini filets or, or min filet. Mini petite mini. filet. Um, Tom, do you like the really, really big scallops? Uh, I like a, a big, yeah, the big, biggest scallop you've had. Do I, you like that? I, I do if they are the exact right size. <laughs> I'm going to gross Mary Lee out right now. Why? One day we were talking about an oyster that was the size of a plate. Uh -huh. Oh, well, that, now you're on to something. <laughs> Ugh. I don't remember why we got to talking about that at that time. Was it something they found out by the rigs or something? But. That's just like so disgusting. Anyway, I think that that's true of scallops too. Do you like bigger scallops? Scallops are good, and they're another batch of things. Yeah, do you that, like the big, big, big ones? I do like you the do. big ones. So the bigger, the better. The, the bigger, the better. Ones, yeah, they they get just like little crawfish, which don't. No, grab. they're bigger than that. But yeah, well, uh, but I I like the little ones if I had to like them, but I don't really like them. You know what I think I liked about scallops? I think at Ichabod's they fried them. Why doesn't anyone fry scallops? Why don't we? Why uh, doesn't anyone fry scallops? Uh, same reason you probably don't do big crawfish, uh, not crawfish, um, uh, and uh, uh, shrimp. I see. I see. Uh, I see everything fried except mm -hmm. scallops for some reason. Does anybody know the answer to that question? Tom, have you ever seen scallops fried? I have. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so they do fry them. them. Yeah. Well, I uh -huh. guess maybe I'm just going to the wrong restaurants. I'm going to the the restaurants where a scallop is a uh, a revered item to be treated as a true gourmet delicacy. And back at the old Ichabod's, it was fried, which makes sense. Anyway, uh, scallops, like most mollusks, veer from the general seafood rule that smaller is better. Is that true? Is that a rule? Smaller is better? Don't most people like giant oysters? Don't like oysters? Don't most people prefer giant oysters? Oh, yeah, sure. They're well, not most, me. They're I more like... accustomed to them. That's all, I think. I think. I think an oyster that is bigger than an inch and 
a half is is approaching grossdom to me. Anyway, the bigger the scallop, the better the flavor, according to you, Tom. Unfortunately, most sea scallops in supermarkets are heavily processed by floating factories. These shuck and preserve the scallops in a substance that extends the shelf life but gives the scallops a chemical taste and a terrible texture. Those are difficult to brown, regardless of the heat of your pan. That sounds kind of scary. The good kind are harder to find and more expensive, variously known as dry pack, day boat, or diver scallops. They're caught the old way, shucked and shipped without preservatives. Those are the ones you find in the best restaurants. They have the superb sweet aroma and flavor of the sea. Maybe that's why I don't like them. With just a light searing on the outside. Who has the best scallops in town, do you think, Tom? Uh, the uh, Windsor Court. Uh, not, you know, that comes out when I... I bet you GW Finns is pretty good. No, I was going with, to something else there. Uh, it's the, the place right across the street from Mr. B's, which is, of course, it's the... Uh, right across from Mr. B's? Yeah. Are you talking about Criollo? You're close, right across the street from it. Right across from Mr. B's. No. Oh, Dickie Brennan's. Uh, you're almost. You're getting closer. Oh, I, I'm out of the other right one. Is, the, the other one is Walgreens. So there's there's no other. That's right there's across no other the street. There. Yeah, this is a almost amazing to so how. I, I don't know. Uh, it's um, one of my favorite I thought, restaurants. I thought Pelican Club. Pelican Club is right. Oh, that's not across Thank the street you. from Mr. B's, Tom. Well, I knew I. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't drag it out of the back of my brain. Okay, so Pelican I, Club. Um, I'll bet you GW Finns has a great scallop. Uh, they do, but you know that's. Go ahead. Give call them up. She wants to speak. You want to speak? <laughs> One of their. We need main, to put. We need to do the chime dishes, thing for you. Go ahead. Bud. Yeah, like a little bell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so think about wanting to contribute, but then I look at how much effort it's going to take, so I just don't. Um, no, they have a dish called the scallops. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I know! I know! They do that. that yeah. I forgot about that. It's that was layered. something. You, yeah, layered, layered out, and then you had crawfish and, and a no, few other no things. No, there's no crawfish. It's it's uh, halibut with the scallop. scallops layered on top of halibut. She's waiting for it to come. No, it's it's <laughs> yeah, she's, she's waiting for uh, the, the inevitability of the association with halifax. I think he's forgotten yeah. about it. I think he's forgotten about it. It was uh, it was frightening for a while there. If though. only we could. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think what we'll do for you. Don't just go over there. We'll by have. Way. We'll maybe Tom. Maybe you can do this. I used to do voices. You could do some voice of some guy on the line going, "Red beans are up." Yeah, that's uh -huh. how they do it. All and right. then we'll record it. Mm -hmm. And then when it's time, when Mary Lou wants to wants to uh, say something, we'll we'll have that. Anyway, it is Friday, which means we're is just probably going to be sillier than usual. Yes. What's the, yes. Day, the date? Uh, it is October 2nd, believe it or not, October 2nd of this very bizarre year, 2020. What happened with my birthday? Uh, I, you had it in I February, did? and then you're going to have another one. Oh, I am? Yeah, oh. yeah. And, oh, that, that, not that very promises, long. Uh, yeah, before you know it, it'll be here uh, because the year is going like a... And somebody said it was really dragging by, and I went, huh? Because it really seems like it's going fast to me. You know something? I keep telling people that, or listening to people say that, but with all of the stuff that we have to pull off the this box over here and that mm -hmm. over there, and uh, things in another, yeah. gizmo or yeah. whatever, 
uh, I get back to it, and it all seems to be really good and comfortable and, and no well, big problems. And, and I don't think there are a lot of just big old problems. Well, I problems. don't know if a lot of people would agree with that, but anyway. Oh, I'm sure there will be. But, I don't uh, know that they would. Tom, your old kitchen sage says something that I would not agree with, which is when you cook good sea scallops, they're yeah. ready when they're just warm all the way through and bulging a little on the top and bottom. When in doubt, take them I don't know. Something is as um, that has the texture of a sea scallop to me would have to be really, really crusty on both sides. Uh-huh. Really, really yeah, I'll crusty. go with that. Oh, Tom, today no, tell me what. is the birthday yeah. of, uh, or I should say the late uh, Ferdinand Foch, born today in 1851 in Tarbes, France. A career soldier, he became supreme commander of the Allied forces in the final year of World War I and one of the heroes of the war. He predicted correctly that the treaty ending the war would only keep peace with Germany for 20 years. And then, of course, he was right. That that's when we started World War II. But anyway, I mean, Oysters Foch, Ferdinand Foch. Ferdinand. And Oysters Foch is named after him. The best dish at Antoine's be bears his name. Oysters Foch are fried, then placed atop a piece of toast spread with pâté de foie gras. The sauce is a thick, dark brown uh, derivative of hollandaise. The foie gras was to recall the mud Foch and his troops had to battle through, and the sauce, the blood that floated on the battlefield. Ugh. But that's how people thought back in those days. Forget about that and remember it as a great appetizer. You know what? I did not see Oysters Foch on the menu. Oysters Foch? When we were there. You know, it doesn't show Last time, much. I did not see it. I was thinking the exact same thought when you were saying it. Yeah, that. so I'm wondering. It used to be a big, big, big deal. Yeah, I'm wondering if they took it off temporarily or if they took it off permanently or what and maybe I'm wrong I wasn't looking for it it's not a dish that I like I don't like the look of it but um, I don't know I'll have to ask and see if it's still on there today in 1950 the comic strip peanuts appeared for the first oh, time in seven peanuts. newspapers he was, it uh, became the most widely the published strip in history and made Charles Schultz the creator a very rich man he never liked the name of the strip though it had been forced on him by the syndicators. Was it Peanuts? Mm -hmm. Peanuts. Yeah, I, I remember that. that. He didn't like it. He didn't exactly. like the name of them. Okay. 556-9696 uh -huh. okay. uh -huh. is the number. If you want to talk to us, we have um, we have Kim Kringley coming up at 3 o'clock to talk about the 30th anniversary of Dakota, the restaurant Dakota on the North Shore, which we have become reacquainted with as of late. And happily so, uh, we just kind of truly forgot about it for a while. And then uh, just out of desperation to go someplace different that we haven't been in a while, uh, we went and loved, loved, loved it and have been back once or twice since then and will, of course, be back again. But um, they have been around for 30 years as of this week. Or they're not quite sure exactly the day, but they uh, they are celebrating this week. 
And I think they're going to have some special kinds of things. So we'll have to ask him what. Yeah, like, you know, those throwback prices when you go back to the year that you were founded, which is, you know, 30 years is a long time. So those are probably pretty good prices for whatever they're serving there. 5569696 is the number. We are just blathering on about food. I I think we do that a lot. And we like to and we hope you enjoy listening to it and would love for you to call us. Yes, thank you very much. And if you want to know anything or do anything, really, and I, I'm practically meaning that exactly, uh-huh. uh, come on over or give us a call on, on the air. No, don't come over, the best for heaven's sake. Huh? I said, no, don't come over. Just give us a call. Time your deaf dining rule number no, 491 is in the almanac today, as irresistible as hot glazed donuts are. Their shape accurately estimates the feeling one has about oneself after freely indulging in them. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, we stopped after a really stridently ordinary meal at Felix's last night. Oh, you got so? coffee and dinner. Yes. Not me. Yes. You know, it's funny because Neil, Neil Swidler is um, the, what do they call him? He's not, he's not a corporate chef. He's the culinary director is what they call him. Yeah. Anyway, we saw him one night. We thought the food was a little different one night. And then we saw him in there and we figured, okay, that's why. Because generally speaking, I'm not a fan of the food. And that night I was. And so I thought, oh, that's great. Now this is going to be improved. But it seems like he's not there that often. And so if he's not there then it's the regular food and it's only his food on certain days that being the weekend so last night we went thinking okay thursday starts off the weekend to a lot of people oh we have to take a break it's time for the bottom of the hour news from the louisiana radio network louisiana radio network i'm brooke thorrington an 11 year old and an 18 year old are dead after a southbound state police trooper rear ended another vehicle while responding to a separate crash last night in Washita Parish on Highway 165. Trooper Michael Reidart says the trooper involved in the crash is the son of state police superintendent Colonel Kevin Reeves. Trooper Caleb Reeves had rear ended a car after impact, the car rotated and struck the large metal signal pole right behind the driver's side door. Reeves was en route to an 18-wheeler crash in Caldwell Parish. The 2020 census is less than a week away from its October 5th deadline, and census workers are hitting the streets to cover the remaining 5% of Louisiana households that have yet to respond. Assistant Regional Census Manager Marilyn Stevens says the greatest concentration of homes that have not responded to the census is in the northern part of the state. From Tinsall Parish up, then across the northern part of the state in this report. There are three ways to participate. Speak to an enumerator when they come to your door, go online to my2020census.gov, or do the interview by phone, LRN. With Mueller's innovative 3D design tool, you can design and quote your own virtual building. Hear Jessica's experience using the 3D design tool to make her dream building a reality. The 3D tool is so convenient. I was able to use it in the comfort of my home. I didn't have to physically go into the branch and try to describe to them what I was wanting. I was able to add the lean-to that I've been picturing on my building. I can add roll-up doors, windows. It's really cool. Once I finished my design, I was able to get a quote. I was amazed at how much my building looked like the building that I designed in the 3D tool. Design and quote your dream building with our online 3D design tool. Visit our website today at MuellerINC.com and get your building project started. Mueller Inc. Metal roofs, metal buildings, 
made in America and made to last. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. You make me feel so young. Oh, that was it. Okay, let's go to Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, good afternoon. Ron, uh, how, are how are y'all doing? We're hanging in there. How about you? Doing well. I was just telling Henry that I think I know Don, the gourmet neighbor, believe it or not. Um, I think I used to wait on him when I was a waiter at Orleans Grapevine. And the triggers that would make that would let me know that it's him is does he love a good rosé? And then also, does he wear a kilt? For St. Patrick's Day, does he really? At Johnny White. I'd like to see that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not him because I think you mentioned that once before, and I asked him, and he said, "Hell no." Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll tell you what. He's got a twin on the voice. Anyway, back to the scallops that you were talking about. <clears throat> the place, believe it or not, Orleans Grapevine has a really good scallop dish. What they do is they take their scallops and they wrap them in bacon, and that's how they cook them. They give them a quick sear and then they throw them in the oven for a few minutes. And anyway, those, those are really good. I'm not a big fan of scallops. Do you like them? I like them okay. Uh, sometimes what I used to do, I did this for Dickie Brennan one time. Dickie Brennan loves scallops, and he also loves uh, crab cakes. And uh, he came in to Orleans Grapevine, and I waited on him because when he came in, I usually waited on him. And he was sitting out in the courtyard with his, with his female companion. And after I'd served them drinks, I asked them if they if they were ready for their, for their meal. And Dickie wasn't ready yet because he didn't know what he wanted. So I asked him, I said, hey, can I just surprise you? And I reached for his menu. And he goes, why not? So I grabbed his menu. I went inside and I thought for a second, what did he have last time he was here? He had scallops and he had uh, crab cakes. So what I did is I asked the chef if I could make him a entree portion of scallops and crab cakes. And when I came out and delivered the food to him, he goes, what are you, a blank and mind reader? And I'm like, what? He goes, those are the exact two things that I was thinking about getting. And I'm like, well, that's why I gave you one of each, but I gave it to you in an entree form. And he's like, you pick better than I do. <laughs> you know, but it was so funny because I remember what he wanted. I remember what he ate last time he had come in. And, and the scallops are really, really good at Orleans Grapevines. I'll tell you another place that it wouldn't surprise me if they had good scallops. When Tom was talking about across the street from Mr. B's Bistro, what I think of is I think of the Mount Leon Hotel because the Carousel Bar has been serving some really good uh, appetizers at the bar. And one of the, one of the appetizers that they've been serving is seafood beignets. Mm. And they do, a, they do a really good job. Those are that. so but good. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Mr. Ed's right there around the corner has some seafood beignets that are really good, too. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, the Mount Leon Hotel served scallops at the bar. Yeah, I I would give it to them because every now and then I'm walking around in that part of the French Quarter uh, and think to myself, I don't have enough money to go the next four feet. And... (laughs) 
And I don't even know lot, how, how does that happen? <laughs> and and then I realized, no, this is here's a restaurant that I know very well. I'm a, I eat in there all the time. Uh-huh. And and I walk in and the waiter will say, Hey, you know, get over here. I know you you're you're having a problem, aren't you? Well, <laughs> spend spend the night in the Monteleon and everything will be fun be fun. And uh, in fact, it oh, really gosh. is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Monteleon Hotel is a really con- uh, comfortable hotel. And if Pat Gallagher, a- if Pat Galloway is listening, he's going. Wait a minute, that's that that's a story that's related to one where I was uh, forced to spend the night at the Monteleon because Tom put me there. Okay, five five six nine six nine six is the number. Uh, just so you know, folks, I'm the one who has the money. And uh, Tom never has to worry about that, but he still does. Five, anyway, five, six, just, nine, just, six, nine. Finish, oh, I, you finish your story, Tom. I'm afraid finish. to have you finish yeah, I'm sorry. it, but go ahead. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that particularly. <laughs> I cut but, you off if I'm afraid to see where it's but, going, uh, which uh, is most it, of the time. Go even ahead. a moment's thought of, you know, I'm just going to go to the Monteleon. I'm sure they will take care of us. Yeah. And uh, and, and I did because it came out. The, the question came up about. Oh, a month and a half or so, and it did. It it was it was so, and it's too much. Okay, someone's Follow calling it. Let's see who it is. <laughs> Wait, who is it? Jonathan. Jonathan is here. Yes, I'm here. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to the food show. Yeah, thank you. I. Uh, sent you an email a few days ago asking about the proper mix of chicory oh, and yes, coffee. Oh yes, yes, yes. This this fellow roasts his in. own coffee beans, which seems yeah. like a lot of investment in a cup of coffee to me. I'm glad you called. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just something I kind of fell into. I, uh, well, how? I grew up in Louisiana, never really drank coffee until I went to Ethiopia, where it's a religion. And uh, so I started drinking coffee and did not like the typical dark roast that we see over here. So I started uh, trying to find uh, how to roast your own online. Started out with a popcorn popper, an air popper. Uh, but you have to get a specific kind for it to really work well. So I did that for a couple of years, but couldn't really control the roast well. And found a company called Sweet Maria's online, which sells green beans. And they have a, a great tutorial on roasting. And they recommended a Fresh Roast brand coffee roaster out of uh, Utah, which is where I was living. And I uh, bought one of those, and it's a small one. You only do about uh, maybe three or four ounces at a time, but you can control the roast, and that's what I do. Well, you got to control your roses. So you, you use a popcorn popper to roast your beans? Yeah, so you get uh, if you're going to do that and you don't want to invest in a roaster, you can buy a cheap, uh, you probably can only find them in secondhand stores now, like Salvation Army or something or Goodwill. But you want to get one that has the uh, uh, fan and the air vent uh, that cause a swirling of the beans at the bottom. You don't want anything that just comes up from the bottom. You need to have it from the side so the beans swirl around. Otherwise, they'll just burn. So uh, you want to get the right kind of popper. But you can do that on your own. And it takes about depends on how, how deep a uh, roast you want to get. But 
probably five to eight minutes, depending on the ambient temperature. Hmm. That, well is, that is fascinating. I had no idea people were actually going through that much trouble for a cup of coffee, but I mean, whatever, you know, whatever you really like, if you really like it, then, you yeah. know, why not? That's why I drink so much yeah. coffee. Yeah, but he's roasting his own beans. They're green when he well, gets them. Well, I'm not them. sure that's such a What thing. were you doing in Ethiopia out of curiosity? Oh, I had some friends over there that were uh, career missionaries, and so we went over there to visit ah, them, okay. and and then mm -hmm. we uh, combined that with a trip to uh, Kenya, and so we just kind of did some touring around. Hmm. So, so when you roast the the beans, you roast them in a batch of like how much? Uh, typically about uh, it's probably about a third of a cup to half a cup at a time. You can do more, but probably you don't need to, and you want to get them fresh, so. Um, that'll usually last me about five to seven days. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and, uh, so, so when you roast, you said you like it really dark, so you just have to play around with it, I guess, to see how no, dark. No, I don't like the dark. That's why oh, you don't I started like roasting my own, because most people around mm. in the U.S. like really dark roast, French roast, okay. and that, that type. So only the lighter roast is what they typically do in Ethiopia. And you get more flavor and actually more caffeine. The, the lighter roast, you get more caffeine. Huh. And uh, so, you, like I said, the Sweet Maria's website has great information on the, how to vary your roast and uh, experiment What's it called around. again? They have a Sweet Maria's. Sweet Maria, okay. Sweet Maria huh. out of uh, California, so. Okay. And, and where do you order the beans? From Sweet Maria? Correct. Uh huh. Yeah, they're basically a wholesaler of uh, green beans, but they have a lot of information on the home roasting. Do you only get African beans? Oh no, you can get a sam. I get a sampler pack often. This comes from all over the world: uh, South Pacific, South America, Mexico, oh, wow. huh. Africa, all over Hawaii. I can I can see Don the Gourmet Neighbor writing this down right now. Let me make sure he's got it. Sweet Maria, is that right? Sweet Maria is with a possessive apostrophe yeah, Sweet, Sweet Maria. Maria's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. actually, he might not be interested because he just bought a really fancy coffee maker for espresso and for cappuccino. So yeah, so he might he might have to he might have to wait before he goes to. Um, Goodwill and finds a popper to, yeah. to roast his own beans. <laughs> Get ready. This is this like a yeah what time? Hmm? Is this like one of those poppers that were really popular in the seventies and eighties, like an air popper? Yeah, that's about from exactly. the same time. And the, and the restaurants were getting them a lot that in those days too, but they soon found that that was a coal of a different toast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And, and there they were. And uh, then it did come back, especially from the Italian restaurants. The uh -huh. Italian restaurants, they know that that's going to make a, 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 good a thing. score with yeah. the, I bet you could roast them in a pan, do you think? You can do, you can do it in a pan, but if you do that, you want to do it outside because it smokes like crazy uh, and mm -hmm. uh, puts off a, a chaff, comes off uh, the bean, and you get the chaff everywhere. So it's really – that's another uh, good thing about the uh, – a commercial roaster is that it captures all the chaff and you don't have that all over your room. Uh, the air popper kind of captures the chaff, but it kind of spurts it all over too. So you just have to decide what you want to put up with. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad you called because when, when we got your email, I said this would be a really interesting call. So I, usually people go, nah, I'm not going to call. I don't want to talk on the radio. So I'm glad you called. Because, oh, um, can I get an answer to my chicory question? Oh, <laughs> tell ask Tom the chicory question because I don't remember what the it was. The chicory question? Yes, he was looking for. Uh, he was. He asked a question about coffee and chicory. So go we ahead, John. We were Jonathan. talking about it yesterday. Yeah. So what is the optimum blend or percentage of chicory in a particular quantity of coffee? The ratio of I coffee buy my, to chicory. I buy my chicory in bulk, and I'm not sure how much chicory I should uh, oh, you know, put into I my have, roast. I haven't thought about that in a long time, but my, my basic guess would be on the low side of 50%. Um. Well, I, I bet I you it's go, a nuanced thing that you could try and see what you like. Don't you think that makes sense? Because not everybody yeah. would want the same I'm ratio. Not what you can do by looking at it, though. What? If you have just finished coffee that uh -huh. you've cooked, you yeah. and, and you have it here in a, a, yeah, a white cup. pan or something, uh -huh. and then you do exactly the same thing, and you do this with uh, the coffee. This is now uh, the second one. Uh -huh. The first one was very dark and fine. Uh, yeah. But now you have something that is notably different, and it also is uh, kind of red. has a reddish color in the chicory yeah. coffee. And, oh, and you, okay. from that, you really do taste a different uh, bug in there. It's just right. That's why I, I go to it all the time. That's, And it also is something that here we are in a highly distinctive market for coffee. Right. Because we have, uh, you know, we we have completely different flavors in a lot of cases. Chicory is a plant, right? Do you it, roast it, the coffee and chicory together in your popper, Jonathan? You'll be no, no, and I don't use a yeah. popper. I use a home roaster, but I don't roast the chicory. It comes roasted. It's basically uh, ah, okay. uh, bok, bok choy, Chinese cabbage. Uh huh. That's okay. what chicory is, and, and huh. so I buy that already roasted and mix that in with the uh, coffee that I grind up and roast. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you for calling, Jonathan. We have to go. We have a hard yeah. break coming up, but, I mean, that's already here. It's already passed. But Thank you. Uh, appreciate your calling. Did you have anything okay, else? Nope, thanks. Okay. Thank you. Very interesting call. Appreciate it. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you want to talk to us. We're just hanging out here on a beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon talking about our favorite subject, food. Give us a call after these messages. We'll be back. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. 
His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180 with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. The edible dictionary word of the day today, Tom, is marjolaine. Marjolaine. Uh huh. A neglected French dessert made by layering. Tom, where are you going? I'm just looking yeah. to see if I have any of my. my yeah. uh, Come back, okay? Because I don't want to disturb yeah. the dog. Yeah. Um, a a neglected French dessert made by layering several flavored meringues one atop another, then baking them. Classically, the meringues are flavored with ground almonds, hazelnuts, and cocoa. Sometimes the meringue are sandwiched between layers of puff pastry. This sounds very complicated. Another variation is to separate the layers with chocolate, mocha, or praline-flavored ganache. I could use some ganache right now, or buttercream. What comes out of all of this is a cloud-like cake with a nutty flavor. It doesn't hold up long, which may be why we don't see it even in French bakeries much. Too bad. I'm going to have to look into that. That sounds like my kind of thing. I've never even heard of that. I know, marjolaine. Well, that's why you need the almanac. I've heard of it, but I haven't heard about it in a long time. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen that. But, oh, uh, you're going to describe it? Well, I just did. Oh, you did? Yeah. It's layered. Oh, what did that do? Layered puff pastry <laughs> and meringue. Uh huh. Ganache, ground almonds, hazelnuts. Yeah. So, pretty interesting. Uh, today was the birthday in 1890 of Groucho Marx, one of oh. the greatest ad lib comedians of all time, and as such, eminently quotable. Mustard's no good without roast beef, he once said. That was something that fell off the shelf when I moved. Go ahead. Here's, uh, what was it? What did I say? Groucho Marx, he once said. Go yeah. ahead. Well, he was very. What else did Groucho Marx say? You're trying to tell me that? He, uh, he, it wasn't so much what he said, uh, what he, well, it's what he looked at you. Oh, with the what? cigar, you mean? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> He's better I'm at sorry. it than most people. I'm sorry. I don't get. No. Groucho Marx. And I don't get Here, watch this. the Three Stooges. It must be a guy okay, thing. Okay. It must be a guy thing. Anyway. Uh, he, the, the, yeah, the, like twittering. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he and the Marx brothers were in several say. movies <laughs> with what, for him to wink like that? He had to pay extra? Uh -huh. And I'm sure a lot of people did. He and the Marx Brothers were in several movies with food names, the most memorable of which were Duck Soup and Animal Crackers. This is the birthday of Don McLean, also American Pie, which is a very weird song. 5569696 five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you want to talk to us, we want to do that with you. So back to Felix's. 
Felix's. The one out. Yeah, we went to Felix's, which is the old Intini's, which was the old Rockefeller's, which was the old Creole, the best version of anything in that space for sure. Although Nintini's did have its moments, especially after Duke signed on with them. But um, I'm glad Duke's doing well at Dabs. So uh, it was very ordinary, extremely ordinary. It was nice outside, but you ordered the uh, $25 oysters, which were, yeah, which were um, a combo of Rockefeller, Bienville, and Char Grilled none of which, in my opinion, were very good. The char-grilled were decent. And then um, Mary Lee got a wedge, which was gigantic. That was like a huge, the biggest wedge I've ever seen. Yeah. It was just ordinary. It was a large pile wedge. of ordinary. Yeah. 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 It's like you didn't really want any more. No. The dressing <laughs> was strange. Was your dressing strange? Uh-huh. Was. It yeah. was like mayonnaise. Well, it was like really massive chunks of blue cheese in mayo. Just yeah. Like coated in mayo. Yeah, that's right. That's Not exactly what I would describe. Blended. But yeah. They were like absurdly large. I'm trying to think of a yeah. comparable. Yeah. Like a well, 3D. Order. I saw, I didn't really want anything on the menu once I found out that Neil was not there. So then I ordered uh, a Cobb salad, which was also incredibly ordinary. I like Cobb salads. I like, I like the story behind them more than the story. The yeah. Story. Do you want to say the story behind <clears throat> Cobb salad? No. Okay. <laughs> Anybody want to know? Call me and I'll... Hey, baby, I'll show you a little bit of this. Okay. Anyway, we have an edible dictionary with a Cobb salad, but I'm not sure we did it yet. I'm not sure we sent it over yet. Anyway, uh, I got a Cobb salad, which was also stridently ordinary, and it had, um, it had grilled shrimp in it. There were very few grilled shrimp, maybe five or six of them. And where is this? This was at... Uh, at Felix's last night. And the, the overwhelming, mm -hmm. the overriding thought that I had about absolutely everything I had last night was, whoa, this is salty. Really salty. Okay, that's the one you say you just Yeah, had. Felix's. We went to Felix's last night. And then I refused to uh, let you have a bread pudding there. <laughs> I offered instead to stop and get coffee and donuts on the way. Home, which which on we on the did. way home last yeah, time? which we did. So we oh, stopped and got so. coffee and donuts. Those were good. Uh, they, well, why didn't you eat them? Huh? Why didn't you eat them? Uh, why? There was a reason for it, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Anyway, they're still in the but, refrigerator for some inexplicable reason. They wound up in the refrigerator. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you want to talk to us for a minute or two, and that's all we have really before uh, Kim Kringley calls and uh, talks about the origins of the Dakota restaurant on the North Shore, which is celebrating 30 years this week. Oh, I remember that vividly because we had just that day moved out of an ordinary house and into the house where we uh, were living. Currently in. reside. Hmm? Where we currently reside. Something like that. <laughs> yes, we did move here. 30 years ago. Like, uh, this Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, it'll be 30 years. It was years. Thanksgiving, almost exactly. Exactly. It was two days before Thanksgiving we moved yeah. here, and that was 30 years ago. Yes. 
And, um, and I think that Dakota had only been open about a month when we moved here. And there were not really many restaurants over here at all. And Tom was delighted to see a gourmet restaurant over here because, you know, he's always searching for his gourmet food. And we, uh, we had many happy times at Dakota and ran into them in various places when we were, when the kids were at Our Lady of the Lake, um, Kenny was, uh, Kenny is the partner, Kim's partner, and uh, they did a lot of catering for the school, and we did some catering for the school, um, mainly just for the fair, and we catered the, um, the patron party for the fair for several years in a row, but we didn't do it nearly as well as Kenny and Kim did, and Dakota was the hot spot when we moved over here and they had their second um, location restaurant which was not the same thing it was dakota wine and feed which is fondly remembered by everyone do you remember dakota wine and feed Jane? Mm -hmm. yeah very fondly remembered by everyone and then creole which uh again is in where felix's was and so both of those got closed somewhere around the turn of the century and uh, they moved to the South Shore for short-lived cuvee, but Dakota Wine and Feed has not been seen in these parts since then, and it is maybe one of the most fondly remembered and absolutely missed restaurant, absolutely on the North Shore, but I think maybe in the metro area because uh, it was good stuff. And I, last time I talked to uh, Kim, I remembered uh, Dakota Wine and Feed in front of him. And I said, do you ever see a time where you could be talked into opening up Dakota Wine and Feed again? And he says, you know, we talk about it all the time. If we could find a location mm -hmm. that made sense. Uh, I mean, so I'm not sure that we would do it because, you know, we don't, maybe don't want to work that hard. But, um, but we would definitely consider it. And I think it would be really good. It's one of those things like foodies that was maybe a little before its time. And then if it turned around now, I don't know, maybe it would be successful or not. But um, but it is something that people definitely do miss. So we'll talk to Kim Kringle about all those things when he calls in at 3 o'clock. Oh, he's, he's calling us today? He's calling us on now, the I, I occasion really like of his 30th. Uh, anniversary. He's, he, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. From the, well, he's a, he's a good, long-time chef, uh, a good gourmet, reliable chef. You know, that is good, reliable gourmet food there. And I've, I've missed it. You know, now that we've been back a few times, I remember why we loved it then, and uh, we are loving it again. So we asked him to, to call in and talk about his, their throwback prices which will definitely get us there because the only thing I like better than great food is great food at a throwback price. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what those are. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Let's see what else we have in your almanac, Tom. Do you have a, you have mm -hmm. a stretch of, uh, of thread about that long? Why would I need that? Because I need one. Oh. Right, right here. And, and my line, and my, I uh, don't. I'm sorry. I don't. You, I don't. You have can't it. hand that 
I mean, I, I'm kind of busy doing the radio show right now, but oh, we can, they're, they we can talk about it in a little bit. Uh, Tom, there is a fun quote here from Steve Martin. Quote, writer's block is a fancy term made up by whiners so they can yeah. have an excuse to drink alcohol. That That's makes sense. very true. I have to say that is true. All yeah. right, we are coming up to the top of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. And after that, we will back, we'll be back to talk to Kim Kringley. Stay with us, please. WGSO New Orleans. Hey, this is Adam Schubert. Join me on the bench Sunday nights at 7 p.m. here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. President Trump, as he's tested positive for COVID-19, Meadows continues. The uh, the doctor will continue to uh, uh, provide uh, expertise uh, uh, in the residence. Uh, he's he's in the residence now. As far as any complications that President Trump may face regarding COVID-19, Dr. Oz says. So getting the virus is one thing, having a complication is another, as we've been debating throughout the, the pandemic. At age 74 and being 244 pounds, which takes his BMI over 30, which is the obese category. He's got those two risk factors. Vice President Mike Pence and his wife Karen tested negative for COVID-19. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and his wife Jill were both negative for COVID-19, as was Democratic vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris. This is USA Radio News. Fifth Season Financial is a licensed lender, not available in all states. Visit fifthseasonfinancial.com for details. Are you or a loved one suffering financial hardship as a result of an advanced stage illness like cancer, Alzheimer's, or ALS? Are the financial side effects of your medical fight reducing your quality of life and causing stress and worry? Did you know that you could be eligible for a special loan to access funds locked up in your life insurance policy? Text the word LIVE to 411411 now. Fifth Season may be able to help you address your financial needs through our Funds for Living program. This simple-to-use program helps you access value that is locked up in your life insurance policy by lending you money against the face amount of your policy. This loan is not like other loans where you need to make monthly payments, and it only gets repaid out of the proceeds of the life insurance policy. Visit FifthSeasonFinancial.com slash radio and get approved quickly. If you need financial help, have an advanced stage illness and a life insurance policy, text LIVE to 411411. Text the word LIVE to 411411. Democratic Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi says negotiations are continuing with the administration regarding a new coronavirus deal. The California Democrats saying there's still significant disagreement in key areas. Economist and chairman and editor-in-chief at Forbes Media, Steve Forbes, believes... The two big things on that would be that payroll tax holiday. Also, a new round of payments to individuals. They're talking about $1,200. I would go for, a say, $1,500 or $2,000. Make it a big one-time shot. The glass fire now has burned over 60,000 acres of land. Cal Fire Deputy Chief Jonathan Cox says the conditions are tough right now. We're under red flag conditions right now, so uh, our focus is really uh, contending with these changing conditions out there on the line. The blaze grew over 2,000 acres yesterday as it burns across Sonoma and Napa counties. Cal Fire saying the blaze is at 5% containment. This is USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. 
That's 800-215-5141. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper and other national security officials are keeping a close eye on the world's reaction to President Trump and the First Lady having coronavirus. With the details, here's USA Radio Network's Dan Naraki. National security officials said Friday they're watching for foreign adversaries that may try to exploit President Trump's coronavirus diagnosis. Defense Department officials said they're monitoring how countries like Iran, China, and North Korea are reacting to the president's COVID diagnosis to see if they may make any attempt to spread disinformation or propaganda just weeks before the presidential election. In a tweet, Florida Senator and Acting Chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Marco Rubio, warned that any adversary trying to exploit the president's illness would be making... Look, Edward, really nice out there tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, too, going through the weekend. Days on end of dry weather, low humidity, pleasant afternoons following the crisp, cool mornings ahead. Today's mid-80s, though, will drop tonight. Clear skies in the morning and 50s to near 60. Sunshine the afternoon tomorrow on the high end of the upper 70s. It's upper to mid-70s Saturday, followed by near 80 under a sunny afternoon on Sunday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Industry of Faith Louisiana is holding its job fair and tailgate cook-off. Company representatives will be on hand with applications and interviewing for many different jobs, including industrial electricians, electrical technician, welders, carpenters, truck drivers, pipe fitters, and many more. Thursday, October 15th, 3 p.m. comes and uh, there it goes and both ways so it i'm going it's not so you're told hey guess who's on the phone tom awful awful guess who's on the phone (laughs) kim kringley from dakota hey kim kim kringley hello marianne hello tom how are y'all doing we are doing very well and it's very uh wonderful to have you on the phone here happy anniversary well thank you i know 30 years i'm exhausted (laughs) <laughs> How bad, time flies huh? when you're having fun, though. Yeah. Oh, or does oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> it's never, it's never a dull moment. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Boy, we were in there last week, and it was buzzing, buzzing. Yeah, we, was that like a special, like bunch of parties or something, or was it just no, that fun a place? It, business has been quite. Uh, strong since we were reopened, uh, able to reopen post-COVID. So, you know, I think we kind of have a captive audience. Great. You know, there's a, not a lot of things people can do right now except for going out for dinner. And I know a lot of the other restaurants I've spoken well, to in the area just kind of feeling the same surge, you know, get out and enjoy life a little. Yeah, for sure. So um, you don't even know the actual anniversary day, correct? Well, it, 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 I figured it out. It is October uh, 28th or September 28th. Sorry. Okay. September 28th. Yeah. So actually Monday was your anniversary. So you were talking yes. when we spoke to you, uh, when we saw you last uh, like four or five days ago, uh, that you were going to have some specials and some special throwback prices. So have you implemented that yet? Well, it's, it's not so much the prices, it's the menu items uh, that we're kind of featuring uh, throughout the month of October. It's some signature dishes that, you know, are still on the menu, and then some dishes that we've, you know, ran for many years and taken off the menu, and we're going to run them through the month of October just to kind of have a little fun with some uh, old school items. 
So you know, a, lot of, what, a lot of what kind of dishes are those? I think I can name well, a few. Well, one one is the seafood beignets. You know, which oh. was on the which was on our menu for the first uh, fifteen years, and I've ran them a few times here and there throughout uh, the last fifteen. But it's you know it's a fish puree with dill and lemon and uh, shrimp and crab meat and lobster, uh, and then we do them. Uh, they're almost like little cakes, and then we do them in a beer batter and fry them, and then I make a uh, lobster uh, sauce American with with the uh, lobster shells. So a lot of people always ask, why don't you bring back the beignets? So that's one of the items. And, of course, you know, the chicken duck and andouille gumbo, uh, which I normally run in the fall anyway, but we brought it in a little early for the throwback menu. You know, everybody loves the, the chicken duck and andouille gumbo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it so is that's the fall. Item. Yeah, and the veal with three sauces, that was on the menu for many, many years. And, you know, but, you know, so we always try to keep stuff fresh. Something's got to disappear to kind of bring in some new things. But like I say, the month of October is just, I, I guess it's like the greatest hits uh, items that uh, we've had. Uh-huh. I haven't heard you mention the crab and breeze soup. Oh, that's always on. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they would, they would be protesting if I took that off. I think so you started the crab and breeze soup phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, and actually my brother created it. Uh, he, he and I worked together in Baton Rouge at Jubin's and uh, he, he kind of created it and I would say uh, I perfected it. Okay. <laughs> you said your brother? Yes. Oh, I, I didn't know I, that I, you worked with a brother. Yeah, I had actually had uh, uh, three older brothers that were chefs and that's how oh. I started in the, that's how I started in the business. We had a friend of the family up in North Dakota that owned a series of restaurants and we started working for him in high school in our early years. Um, like my first job was at 15 years old on Saturdays, uh, at a restaurant called the bronze boot up in grand forks. And my first job was flying Rocky Mountain oysters. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd sell about you know 30 pounds on a Saturday. It was, it was insane. They, they love them up there. Do you do you know what Rocky Mountain oysters are, Che? No, they're they're bulls testicles. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I've um, I've never eaten that. I don't know that I would want to. What is it? Do they actually have the texture of oysters? Um, they, 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 they almost have a texture of veal, almost like almost like veal and veal liver combination uh-huh. type thing. Uh-huh. They're a little bit. You know, they are tender. Um, I don't know. I was raised on them, so I don't flinch. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I was just, like I say, and even I, I lived out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming for uh, years after high school cooking, too. So, I mean, everybody up there served them as well. So, yeah. it just, it's so just how did you my, wind up here? Uh, I, I just gradually made my way south. I, you know, I, after high school, I worked for my brother in Jackson Hole. He was a chef of a restaurant out there. And then I went to go work for an Austrian chef um, in Jackson Hole. And then he moved to Dallas. So I followed him to Dallas. And then the uh, Paul Prudhomme craze started kicking in. So uh, I was kind of interested in checking out the Louisiana scene. So I gradually made my way here. And then you met someone from here and got married and yeah. stayed? It's a familiar yeah. story. That's how I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. And I still so have, I still where are you said your brother was cooking with you. So you, then your brother came down and 
was cooking well, with you? Yeah, I was I was I was at Jubin's in Baton Rouge and my my next oldest brother um was uh at a restaurant up in Grand Forks and he decided to leave that area and came down to work for me at Jubin's. And now he actually owns two restaurants in Baton Rouge, uh one being Mansour's and the other being uh, the French Market Bistro in Baton Rouge. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that huh. is a great restaurant. So he stayed down here too. Are the other two still <clears throat> up in the Pacific uh, yeah, Northwest? Actually, yeah, the other two have passed away. Those are my two oldest. Uh, one okay. was in uh, living in Mexico, and the other oh. one had kind of was working around uh, 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 the Denver area, and he ended up moving back to Grand Forks as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have yeah, any sisters we were, or we were, just we, brothers? No, no, we didn't have we didn't have time for all that. Wow, so everybody in the family was a chef. That's interesting. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And so you so met Kenny, your partner, at Jubin's, right? At Jubin's, yeah. We were both managing Jubin's, and uh -huh. uh, I was the chef, and he was the front manager. And then, uh, of course, Kenny was is from Covington, um, and they had we found the out biggest, that oh, they we the found biggest out parking. Parking. Oh, Oh, over at Jubin's, was, I, what, uh, among the many things I remember about that, but the jack, uh, the uh, uh, parking for, uh, area, oh was, yeah, yeah, the had the, so the many people in it. You could you could put in a major uh, football game. It was it, enormous. I, yeah, I don't think I've popular. ever been there. I don't think I've ever well, been there. Well, the restaurant was yeah was much smaller when it first opened, and then they bought the. Uh, Kind of like with that building next to it and expanded it and expanded it. So, but it was it was a hit from the get go. Yeah, but yeah, that, it yeah, sounds like it. So, um, so we're gonna take a break because we're gonna get into another story, uh, and we have a break coming up. So let's just go ahead and take a break. And when you come back, I want to hear about how you and Kenny hatched the idea to move to Covington and open. Dakota. Okay. 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 Five five six sounds nine good. six nine six is the number. We're talking to Kim Kringley from the Dakota restaurant, a delicious gourmet restaurant celebrating its 30th year on the North Shore in Covington. We'll be back. There's a new restaurant in the Warehouse District offering the fresh and fun flavors of the Caribbean and delicious tastes of New Orleans. Nola K features the best of both regions with dishes like tuna ceviche, red curry shrimp, freshly shucked oysters, cumin spice strip steak, and desserts like caramel flan, tres leches, and key lime pie. And signature cocktails like the Bloody Jerk using their house-made mix. Nola K, 898 Barone at St. Joseph, nolak.com. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 1469. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef, combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. 
I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Yes, indeed. We are talking to Kim Kringley from the Dakota Restaurant in Covington. And it's their 30th anniversary. So let's go back to you, Kim. You were talking okay. to Kenny one day, and what? the idea was hatched to move to Covington. How did that come about? Well, like I say, Kenny was from Covington, and uh, I'd never seen the area or been in the area before, but uh, the, the building had come available that is the Dakota restaurant, or prior to it being the Dakota, and uh, uh, the person that owned the building used to come and eat at Juvens all the time, and he was friends with Kenny, he, had, he was friends with his daughter, and he kept saying, you know, if you came over to Covington and did food like this, it would be a big success. And he finally convinced us that we should just kind of pack up and head west or east, I guess. And uh, that's what we did. We just kind of made a, a spur of the moment decision that, hey, we can do this and we have the talents, the skills. But the one thing we didn't have any was anything was money, really. So we basically <laughs> borrowed uh, $15,000 to get the Dakota restaurant open. And that was it. Because it, it was a Just pretty turnkey operation. Just think about that, $15,000? Yeah, it, it was a wow. pretty turnkey operation. Of course, we didn't pay ourselves for a while, but, uh, you know, that's it, just, it happened that fast. You know, but it was a pretty turnkey operation. I wonder what it would cost to do that now. Oh, no. I would, yeah, no, we couldn't even, couldn't even touch it. And I remember, you know, prior to opening, uh, you know, we, we were trying to scrounge up an additional $5,000 for the – I think it was the gas deposit uh, that was required for a commercial building. <clears throat> but anyway, I had a, a porta burner uh, out back behind the restaurant. So I was like almost beginning my stocks and everything about two days before I had gas turned on, trying to get started what I can. So, you know, we were determined. We were, we, you know, and that's what you do today. You just keep, you know, pushing forward, pushing forward and uh, whatever it takes, whatever circumstance you're in, you just keep pushing. Yeah, right. Right. So when you all, I was trying to think about this um, when we were talking about it earlier. Um, when you came over here in 1990, who else of your stature was over here? It was kind of bereft of restaurants like that, huh? Well, you know, our, I know when we, uh, before we made the final decision to come, uh, Kenny had brought me over in the area, kind of showed me around. We stopped by New Valaris. We went to Sal and Judy's had dinner, and we went some other restaurant. I don't recall which other one, but there wasn't probably a lot of, you know, the caliber that we were doing at that time. You know, we were uh -huh. kind of, uh, you know, a little bit set off from uh, anything that was happening at that time. Which was good. Yeah, which I forgot was about probably, New Valaris. Which Paul is probably really both excellent. good and bad. Hmm? Wait, what? Which is probably yeah. both. Good what and you don't know, you know, what you don't know, can't scare you. <clears throat> yeah, but we, you know, we, you know, you know and a lot of people like, oh, this is, you know, yeah. If, for example, you know, Jubin's, we'd always done a la carte salads there, where you order them separately. But then we looked at all the restaurants here, and it's like, well, like Sal and Judy's, you always get a salad, and you go here, you get a salad with your entrees. So that was our approach when we first opened. When you came to the Dakota in 1990 and ordered a dinner, you automatically got a house salad with it. You know, and then about two years into it, we started asking our regulars. It's like, 
what if we were to offer different salads? Would you be willing to pay extra to have a variety of, you know, different salads available? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we, we were smart enough to, to know what we could and could not do and, you know, without shocking the system, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to ask you about the rumor that's floating around, that you all are moving. Is no, that it's, happening it's, or it, what's, it's, what's going on? It's been, in, it's been in discussions. You know, we've been, uh, we looked around at some different locations, but nothing's made sense as of right now. Um, so, and, you know, business in the last, really the last two years, three years have been just so strong in our location. We're like, you know, why do we move? I mean, we just, plus we just, <laughs> you know, invested some money in new carpet and repainted the place and uh, some upgrades. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, so we just kind of like, unless it really makes sense, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, we're kind of happy where we are. I mean, it, it works for us. It's kind of and, a you know, peculiar it, location, you know, it, it's it is like... a peculiar location, but it's comfortable <laughs> to a lot of, the local Covington people, like if you're probably from out of, like we had people come in that, you know, maybe traveling through or first time in Covington. It's like, well, I can't believe this is next door to a so-called motel. And it's like, yeah, right, that's where yeah. we are, you know, and, yeah. but for the regulars, it's kind of like a, it's the Dakota, you know, I don't recommend it for every, you know, everybody. It, just, but it, it gets lost though. It's like, you know, the reason we didn't come for a long time is just never thought about it because just, you pass it and you're thinking about something else and you just, you know, you just don't even notice it, you know? Oh, you got, you got to pay attention on highway 190 these days. It's like, it's yeah, like veteran. Sure. You know? <laughs> if for no like other said, reason that you don't <laughs> smack into someone in the Popeye's chicken line. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we you, know, you remember that was that golf course across the street, the street. Um, where yeah. uh, Home Depot is. So we, uh, yeah. some of the kitchen crew and some of the waiters, in between lunch and dinner, we would drag our clubs across Highway 190 and uh, go play like eight rounds of golf and then go back for the dinner shift. Of course, we were young and full yeah. of energy back then. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you my favorite question to ask you because people do still talk about it. What's that? Any chance at all that you have any energy left to put another Dakota wine and feed out there? You know, it's 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 funny that you even mentioned that. Uh, yes, a lot of people like we want the wine and feedback. We want the wine and feedback. And a and a customer of ours just sent me a uh, uh, a message through Facebook uh, talking about some of the Dakota wine and feed recipes and all that. Yeah, if the if the right location came up. And once again, it made sense. We would absolutely look at it because, you know, it was it was very uh, it did well, especially in the second location. It was very successful. The second location I, was I, was uh, it was perfect. It was unusual. It was, you know, they'll never be that again. Yeah. But I, I tell you, the biggest problem at that time, and I think it closed about 2002, was staffing. Staffing, staffing on the North Shore for restaurants like that yeah. was an absolute nightmare. You know, the, the turning of management, the turning of employees. And it, it just got so frustrating to both Kenny and I just trying to keep the place consistent, staffed, you know, an attitude and professionalism and everything. You know, it's a little different over here now. It's much better than it was back in those days. 
but it was it was just such a struggle uh, for every yeah. Sunday morning. You know, you you get three phone yeah. calls. It's I can't come into work today. You know, it's it's uh, <laughs> but it's it, it's gotten much better. But that was our biggest thing. We just got frustrated with trying to manage it. Period. How how long did Dakota Wine and Feed last? I'm talking about well, from the first location through the second. The first location was probably there for four years, three year, three or four years. I'm not, don't remember exactly. Uh, and then, of course, you know that restaurant. The first location never had a kitchen, um, and everything came out of the Dakota. We would bring all the prep, and you know whether it's a crabberry soup or the gumbo, it would oh, all no come kidding. out of. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, well, we had a. We had like a little oh, salamander wow. unit where we would heat up our sandwiches uh, and then some porter burner units to heat up soups and stuff like that. But it never had a production kitchen. And, uh, you oh, know, the Dakota wow. was doing so much catering at the time. The big restaurant is like, you know, we have to do something because it's it's uh, we're having a conflict. And that's when we decided to open up the new location, which, like I say, I loved it. I loved I loved the whole operation, the style, the feel, the menu, the you know, the casualness of it, um, you know, and it had its own kitchen for producing its own foods. And uh, like the holidays uh, with doing, you know, Mother's Day pickup or Easter pickup or Thanksgiving and Christmas, it was it was like insane how much stuff we re- yeah. used to have to pack up. It was up so good. To That's go what it was. It was just so it. good. It was kind of avant-garde. I mean, what would you say is comparable that's operating nowadays. I mean, I, I can maybe try to think of that, but there really isn't anything that that floats my boat like that one. No, I don't. I, I can't think of anything either. As a matter of fact, the customer that mentioned it the other day through Facebook, he's like, the, the Dakota Wine and Feed was way ahead of its time, and I agree. You know, it's it's like uh, it was, it, it was yeah. It, it, yeah. It, you know, but that's what made it, it fun for us. You know, we love being creative we were you know we like to you know we like to spread our wings so to speak and do new and different things so you're not too tired to even consider if a, if a location came up for dakota wine and feed that you do it oh again. no you still have all no, the recipes no. i'm sure <clears throat> oh yeah well a lot of them are dakota recipes for the most part but yeah i've got all the recipe uh-huh. files and everything uh maybe i should just write a cookbook and then go camping or something you know <laughs> But anyway, but, you know, I still, I still enjoy what I do, you know, and I know Kenny does too, you know, he, and you know, we love doing weddings. We love doing parties. We love the, you know, the pressure of it all sometimes. And uh, yeah, certain times of the year, we all get tired, like, you know, getting late into the Christmas season, you know, it gets a little exhausting uh, as busy as we get, but, you know, for the most part, you know, we love what we do. We, we totally do. And, and, you know, Creole was another one that I'm sure it, you hear a lot of people really miss it. It was the perfect North Shore family restaurant. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, and honestly, Creole was kind of in the same boat with the wine and feed is managing and labor and, you know, just having the staff to do what yeah. you felt as you wanted to do and just not yeah. have it beat you up every day. You know, because we, we, I think we uh, yeah. closed the wine and feed, and then we sold Creole about six months afterwards. We just, like I say, we just, you know, for some reason, the, the Dakota restaurant has always been able to draw a little bit more, you know, mature, professional 
staff, but the uh, you know those other two establishments were just uh, back in those days was just a nightmare to uh, to staff. Kids, yeah, yeah. Oh well. I do think the situation in terms of service on the North Shore has definitely improved because, first of all, a lot of those people have grown up and also that there's a, a lot more restaurants right. over here. So yeah, there's, there's a, a whole purpose for being Right, and there's a whole different influx of people coming onto the North Shore, I guess almost post-Katrina or whatever. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the, the demographics have changed. You know, you now because it used to be just either high school kids or once they graduated high school, they'd moved to LSU and went to college. You know, you didn't have that, you know, 20, 25 year old people that, you know, you can draw from now. There just wasn't a lot of those people around required to uh, operate a restaurant. And, uh, you know, but it's changed now. There is a younger, gen- you know, the younger generation, you know, living here. Live, having an apartment to live in, which yeah. you know there yeah. wasn't many right. of those twenty years ago. You Definitely. know, you, you could you could buy a three hundred thousand okay. dollar house or before nothing. Before you leave, uh, I want to know what your per- what what your personal favorites on the menu currently are. Uh, that depends on my mood. Um, we well, we put the veal with three sauces back on, uh, but you know that's that's basically. Uh, a veal Oscar, our our version of it. And, and I've been a fan of veal Oscar ever since I tasted it, you know, 40 years ago. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, that's one of my, probably one of my favorites. I mean, we have the, we have a duck on the menu right now, a roasted duck, which I love. We're doing like a rosemary steams pepper glaze over it with uh, crispy Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. And, you know, the redfish poncha train is always. I love the duck confit uh, crepe. Uh, that's well. That's come off right now. Now we well. Don't we you love the duck confit grape? It, it, great. Oh. Yeah, I think you all had that Saturday night, but we changed it to uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, one of the throwback items, which is like a it's a duck spring roll, and it's served with a uh, honey fig sauce and a hot sweet mustard. That was on our menu for probably about ten years, I would have to say. So that's one of the throwback items mm-hmm. for featuring through the month of October. Okay. All right, Kenny, can you can can you stay with us like another five minutes just to go through a couple of more menu items? But we, yeah, have to, we have to stop for the news right now. Can you hang on for like another five minutes or so? Yep, that's fine. Okay. All right, we are talking to – did I say Kenny? I'm sorry, Kim. <laughs> it's two fine. Ks. Kim Kringley uh, from the Dakota Restaurant. We'll be back after the bottom of the hour news from Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. The House sends a number of bills to the Senate today that would allow the legislature to either significantly limit or overturn the governor's public health emergency declarations and restrictions such as mass mandates and stadium capacity limits. One of those bills was from Covington Representative Mark Wright, whose effort would create an automatic process for the legislature to approve or reject an emergency declaration extension by the governor. If you look at the history of orders, most of those end at the 30 days. Rarely do we get into a situation where we have, like we do today, uh, we're touching upon certain rights that are important to us. And Governor Edwards defended his public health orders, especially the bar limitations, saying they're saving lives. Bars and parishes that can open can only serve until 11 p.m., can only do table service, and are limited to 25% capacity. Edwards says these aren't arbitrary rules. It is a safer way to open. We were able to learn from what other states had done. We looked at guidance that was being provided by the White House Coronavirus Task Force. LRN. 
This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. COVID-19 has altered the way we do elections this year. And while Hurricane Laura may have ravaged our state, it will not break our spirit. Our office is working around the clock with state and local partners to bring early voting sites and election day polling locations back online. For Louisianans displaced by Hurricane Laura, you can exercise your right to vote this fall. Displaced voters have the option to vote early, vote on election day, or vote absentee. If you are unregistered, there is still time to register at either your current address, temporary residence, or the home from which you evacuated. To address COVID-19 concerns, we will take every sanitary precaution necessary to ensure voters can safely cast their votes. This includes mandating personal protective equipment for poll workers and making masks available for voters who want one. Voting machines will be sanitized between uses and social distancing will be enforced. If you have questions about the November 3rd presidential election, visit GoVote.com or call our election information hotline at 1-800-883-2805. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Well, that guy can sing, huh, Kim? Hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so I am loving the duck confit crepe right now and that seafood marilaton thing. Oh, the shrimp oh, the, thing is, oh my gosh, that's killer. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a dish we had on Cubay's menu in New Orleans for, you know, it's 10 years and was a signature dish, but it's, yeah, it's a great dish. What's it called again? Uh, I don't know what exactly called on them. I call it a shrimp merleton or shrimp Napoleon. It's, that's what it is. It's a shrimp Napoleon. It's uh, it's slices of of uh, shrimp that are fried and layered. Just, but it's all thin. It's it's no, the, you know, no, the, merle, the, the merleton is, is fried. What makes it really great? Yeah, the merleton is fried, so it gets it. You know, we get it nice and crispy, and then it's basically a shrimp remoulade recipe, uh, and then we do the uh, crystal butter sauce around the rim. It's absolutely delicious. All right. Um, we are going to say goodbye and uh, wish you again a happy anniversary. And uh, we will be seeing us soon to come back and have some of the old throwback dishes. But I'm sad Fabulous. to say they're not at the throwback, but we'll still deal. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you. Tom. Take care, Kim. Thank you, All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was Kim Kringley from mm-hmm. the Dakota Restaurant celebrating oh, yeah. their 30th year in Covington. And uh, that is good stuff. It's, um, it's an oldie but goodie. That's what I call it. It's one of the first ones that we well, you went to I, over here. Know what I say about that? I would like to. So sit down in front of the mic and say it. <laughs> Tom is doing some, that silly Groucho Mark thing. He's doing his silly Groucho Mark thing with the with the uh, the blinking of the eyes. Five five six nine six nine six. If you want to talk to us, it's Friday, and we're just sillier than normal, I guess. Just talking about food like we always do here on the Food Show. We have about twenty five minutes left to do that, so give us a call. I was going to see if um, Rayanne from Mimi's. Uh, wanted to call us and talk about their dinner on Friday night where they officially introduce Philip Buccetti, who is their new chef, formerly of NOLA, down in uh, in the parish at Mimi's. But it's sold out, so 
no point in talking about it. Although, you know, you should, if you have not been to Mimi's, go down there and give it a try. First of all, it's fantastically delicious. And even more so now, because not that the uh, previous chef, Lincoln Owens, wasn't at the top of his game, but it's just a different, you know, you just make these changes and you go from gourmet to gourmet and it just shakes things up and it gets exciting. So uh, Philip is from uh, Emerald's Nola and he's now down in Mimi's and um, we look forward to trying his food uh, officially on Monday, but then after that, he's actually been there about a month and a half or maybe even two months. So um, I'm sure some of you have already tried his food. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Speaking of your blinking and and uh, silly facial expressions of Groucho Marx, Tom, he is in your he is in your almanac actually twice because it's his birthday, and. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that, that something has happened with my computer because I'm not hearing anything. Henry, are we on the air? That never happens. Are we in the air, Henry? Okay, we are. Okay, I can't, I can't see anything with my computer, which means I don't know why I can't see if we're on the air. Anyway, uh, we, we were talking Mary Lee is here, so we didn't really get a chance to talk very much um, about the cookies. We didn't get to finish the cookies. We could maybe call Tom Wolf and see if he wants to give us that butter cookie recipe. But um, I like peanut butter cookies. We had just like two or three minutes to talk about this yesterday. So since you're here again today and it is National Cookie Month, it's still cookie month. So chocolate chip cookies, what else for you? Shortbread. Oh yeah, you do like your shortbread. Yeah. You do like your shortbread. She makes a uh, chocolate and vanilla shortbread that is usually just a half and half and then sometimes you roll it and make it a, a pinwheel but they're really great yeah. and they're really really great oh this is another sad Thanksgiving story they're really really great to do the chocolate shortbread with vanilla ice cream and make homemade ice cream sandwiches which no one will be around to eat for this Thanksgiving well don't make them but you know we can't make a vat of mac and cheese, a ham, and a bunch of ice cream sandwiches and sit here and watch each other eat them. Well, we made you the boss. <laughs> yeah. It's a terrifying thought, but anyway, uh, we'll probably do just that. All right, so, let's move. all right, so peanut butter cookies, chocolate chip cookies. cookies. No, there's no cookies, Tom. <laughs> you sure? There's no cookies. You know what I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do? Um, when we first got married, Tom used to like to uh, make fun of this cookie recipe that I had, which was a really healthy recipe. He used to call it the tree bark cookies. They were oatmeal, honey, wheat germ, eggs, whole wheat flour, like really raw whole wheat flour chocolate and peanut butter and they were absolutely fantastic this would be like a good almost like a good breakfast i know that sounds weird to say a cookie could actually be a good breakfast but they were huge to begin with they had oatmeal they had chocolate eggs peanut butter i mean that's a pretty healthy what? well i always think a good cookie breakfast is of course, go. I agree. But I don't think you can count eggs that are baked in a baked good 
as breakfast eggs. Now, you see, I, <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I don't know if that is uh, applicable because I oh. always count breakfast chocolate mousse as eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they're, they're, they're about that thick all the way through, and they have this uh, what looks like a crusty old top and bottom. It's very uh -huh. clean at the bottom, and you cannot stop, stop eating. eating them. These are her cookies, the ones that she's been making. Right <laughs> yeah, down. These are the ones that she's been making, the chocolate cookies, yeah, chocolate I'm chip cookies. Make some oh, you are. Ooh. I know. You're caving. I knew I I'd talk I know. To she's been talking about cookies before. I'm trying to think of some other kind of cookies that, that I really do like because cookies are great. Cookies make you feel good. And it is National Cookie Month. It's also National Cheese Month. I like cheese too. I know. I like cheese too. What's your favorite kind of cheese? Depends on the application. Okay. For I, I like Gruyere a lot. I like Manchego. I love Manchego. Yeah, Manchego is really good. Yeah, I do. Um, can't go wrong with a super sharp white cheddar. Or a yellow cheddar. I like white cheddar. Well, I like white cheddar, cheddar like too, the, but you wouldn't turn hard, down a yellow cheddar, would you? The hard nutty uh, cheddars. The hard nutty cheddars? Yeah, what do you like, mean? that are so aged that they're hard. Like what? I don't know names off the top of my head. I like your blue, your uh, Maytag uh, white cheddar. Yeah. Remember when I used to give you a, a cheese wheel for Christmas? I do. Those were good <laughs> Should times. I do that again this year? Sure. <laughs> blue cheese. I like blue cheese. Don't you like blue cheese? I like some blue cheese. I like good blue cheese dressings, but some some blue cheese is too much. Not too much. I just don't like the flavor of it. I like mild blue cheeses. The Beecher flagship is good. That is blue cheese. Did you get any when you were in Seattle recently? No. That area of Seattle is gross. Yeah, it is, but Beecher cheese is there, so it's kind of worth going in and and getting out. Have you ever tried to drive downtown Seattle? And you can't park anywhere. You uh, yeah, like, you have to fold up your car. You really do. Yeah, you, you have to fold up your anywhere. car. Right. Yeah, or you have to have somebody jump out. I told you that story when I tried to park in a lot, right? Wait, what happened? There was a store that I saw that I wanted to go to, and uh -huh. I tried one day, and I couldn't find a spot for like fifteen minutes, so I gave up. And then I had another day where I had more time and I really wanted to go to this store. So I drove around for about 30 minutes at least trying to find the spot. And then I saw a lot and I was like, forget it. I'm just going to park in the lot. And I went over to the machine and it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was $24 for 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So they insane. highly discourage driving downtown. Apparently. Yes, highly discourage it. All right, five five six nine six nine six is the number. We are here just for another 15 minutes or so on this Friday afternoon. Beautiful weather. It's going to be a great weekend. If you want to call us and talk about food, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call. We'll be back right after these messages. If you haven't been to the Brick Oven Cafe in Kenner, you're overdue. This is not northern Italian gourmet food. It's a basic, soul-satisfying pasta with red sauce and cheese bubbling over. New York-style pizza with a perfect crust and the toppings you love. It has a fresh update and a new wine list with some exciting wines. 
Go have a heartwarming Italian meal with a delicious red wine. You deserve it. The Brick Oven Cafe, Williams Boulevard at Veterans Highway, 466-2097. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? I don't even know if that's, I can't even tell. The the delay in my headset is really, really great. The internet is messed up. Is it? Is that what it is, do you think? Okay. All right. So other things that are, did you say we have a caller? No. Okay. Uh, or maybe it is that it's in between the speaking and the ether where it just travels and lingers for a while. We'll just go on as though we're not talking to anyone. It is National Chili Week. It is National Dessert Month. Okay, so what other kind of desserts? You don't, we only like chocolate. Yeah, I really do. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible for us to go beyond chocolate dessert. So, Tom, you love desserts. What <laughs> other told des- you that. <laughs> what other kind of desserts would you your desserts are in part of a a world that's it's the custard world actually i saw a dessert the other day that oh. looks very you what was it oh really apparently at k rico mm. they sell flan flan by the slice you i've been waiting for the wedge flan. of flan rather than It's K Rico. K Rico Cafe. Oh, oh, okay. You know, I'm there's one inside L and one. Oh, is that right? There's one. Oh, no kidding. Huh? Okay. I think they started inside L. Is that right? Really? I didn't know that. Huh? Okay. We're gonna have to try that then. Mm-hmm. All right. So you love bread pudding, Tom. Bread pudding. Bread pudding. Okay. So, uh, of your dessert world. Uh huh. Out of my dessert world. Of your dessert world. But with. Uh, you have to pick one. One what? Flan. Oh. Well, I was gonna pick out something that wasn't. Creme the, the brulee. Dessert. Or, bread pudding. Uh, other than those, I mean, that, well, there's but, really nothing in your mind other than those. Yeah. Uh, how they're, about, they're all the same thing, essentially. How about they're all a custard? Uh, uh, I've forgotten the name of the the stuff, but it's uh, it's practically a stuffing or a swife uh, inside a Mexican restaurant 
uh, whose main yeah flan flan, but this is a uh, a, a very uh, rich uh, creme brulee. Creme brulee. No, uh, you're going to recognize this in a second. And it's uh, this fairly rich sauce, and then it's combined with other sauce ingredients, and it's mixed all together, and you get a rather spicy and quite uh, 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 sweet. It's, it's not sweet. That's the funny thing. Oh. It's not sweet. Instead, it carries. This is a dessert of, that's not sweet? It's not sweet. Hmm. You, you are going to get a, a, one of the main ingredients is peppers, pepper onions, rather spicy. And these can be used <laughs> in the background. This is a dessert, Tom. Huh? This is a dessert. It is a dessert. I give. Where is it? What is it? Uh, oh, I see. Um, Mexican restaurants generally, and probably the one that's easiest to come upon, although it's, uh, they could, they take a little bit of flack from this. Uh, it's uh, the, uh, I, Think about it, uh, it's the, and I'm going to throw out the subject of pretzels because it's also National Pretzel Month. Okay. Does anybody like pretzels? Sure. Who doesn't like pretzels? I don't like pretzels. You don't like pretzels no. at all? No. Even pretzel sticks? You used to like pretzel sticks, I think. I mean, if there's a well, I don't even If I was starving, I could eat pretzel sticks and not be upset about it, Uh huh. but I could definitely live without pretzels. Okay, so pretzel to, buns and all that business. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, they look good though. Pretzel buns are pretty, mm, I but know. I don't understand them either. And I really don't understand pretzels dipped in white chocolate. Oh, people are into that. They really are. Not just white chocolate; they like chocolate too. I know, but but the white chocolate one is even more absurd than dark chocolate one. I really don't like those soft pretzels. Wait, what is the thing that, um, oh, the one that uh, Suzanne makes for the boys, um, yogurt pretzels. Mm, yeah. <laughs> pretzels. I don't know. I can, I, I don't seek no. out pretzels, but okay. if I'm given pretzels, I, especially if I'm hungry, I would. Yeah, I would if I was it, hungry you know. and there was a bowl full of pretzel sticks in front of me, I could eat them. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm on a plane and they offer me, well, I haven't been on a plane in a while. Well, but I have the, the, the little mini pretzels on the planes are okay. Sometimes, you know, it'll settle yeah. your stomach. That's what they're good for. <laughs> exactly. But not as good as Cheez-Its, which I was really, really, no. really enjoying. In my latest flying phase, uh, the Cheez-Its on Delta were, I never, ever eat anything other than nuts on flights except now that Cheez-Its are there, it's it's bad. They have Oreos now, too. No, see, I don't like Oreos. Oh, but see, I do. I know. <laughs> I don't like Oreos, but I really like uh, Cheez-Its enough to, to do a lot of, of damage on a single flight. At Willa Jean, they have... Don't tell, don't tell me they make homemade Cheez-Its. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Have you once a cheese straw, basically? Yeah, I mean, they were good. Yeah. It was worth the effort. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, at Willa Jean, they have, well, you know, I love their Willa Jean biscuits. Yes. And then they have. They a, used to have really gigantic ones and they cut them down. cheddar bacon chai version, version, but it's a pretzel biscuit. A pretzel biscuit? Yes. Did you try it? Of course not. I don't like pretzels. 
I don't like Does it look like a pretzel? I haven't seen it. A pretzel biscuit. That's yeah. interesting. Huh. It, it, it was so close to being. I've really been to Willa Jean in forever. I pop in every now and then. And I I don't miss it. But it's good. It is a cookbook out now. I have to oh, she it. does? I tried to go get it. They didn't have it at Barnes and Noble. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, so. I'm sure it'll be good. I think it's good. I just never I don't know. I think I think living so close to it. And going as often, I just sort of got tired of it. But speaking it is of getting good. tired, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, five, five, six, nine, six, nine. Please don't do that. Huh? Don't do that. Not even joking. Okay. Um, five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. We are just uh, chattering on until we end the show in about ten minutes. And so, if you'd like to call us, we would love to hear from you. It's National Pork Month too. Pork. You know, I feel sorry for pigs. They're such delicious animals. It's, it's a shame that barbecue is so popular. I mean, we understand barbecue. We love barbecue. Speaking of barbecue. What? Gonzo today. Did you see that? <gasps> no. No. No, I didn't see it. I wasn't. No. Yeah, what? Gonzo had a smoked brisket boudin. Mm. So good. And they had brisket mm. on the bone. <gasps> no, you should have gone. I don't have time to drive to Luling. Yes, you do. This is your job. Now, if I had known that, I would have I would have demanded that you go. I want to. That sounds so good. Yeah, are they? Close. Are they? Uh, are they open till the evening? No. Oh, just lunch. Yeah, eleven thirty. That's too it's like a tease. Anybody, I know it is a tease. Has anybody been to Gonzo's? The uh, just pop up, right? It's just like on Fridays. Where where do they pop up? What is it? Is it a restaurant or? I'm, I'm really not sure what the location is. Mm -hmm. It says the address uh -huh. on there. Uh, Gonzo's is it's Gonzo's Smokehouse is what it's called. Yes. And the first time I had it was at the we were judges of the um, Poor Boy Festival last year and Gonzo's was one of three finalists for something and it was a it was a smoked brisket something or another and it was really really great and I remember coming back and telling you you know what you got to try this Gonzo's place and then they started popping up and we keep meaning to go over there and get some but it's, it is I mean it's terribly inconvenient uh, to drive all the way over to uh, Luling but We'll find oh, ourselves doing it. We'll yeah. find ourselves doing it for sure. I'm yeah. pre pretty, pretty sure about that. That's for sure. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. It's also Country Ham Month. What is Country Ham, Tom? A uh, Country Ham. That's a very specific thing. Yeah. What is it, Tom? It is a when you have hams. Yeah. Uh huh. You uh, I'll, I'll sit down. Yeah. Why don't you sit, Tom? Enjoy and, the show. And, <laughs> If you have something like country ham, uh -huh. what you have there is a cured and uh, smoked, cured and, cured and smoked, very possibly. Uh huh. Uh, but more than likely, uh, you have uh, uh, something that has is not fried and is already kind of in the same reign as things like um, uh, in. Uh, like bacon or something? Almost. Hang on a second. Bacon okay. is very, very down to earth. Uh -huh. This is 
like if you would go to an Italian restaurant and they have uh, those hams that you see. Prosciutto. Very, prosciutto, prosciutto, exactly. Yeah. And your, your, what? That's what it is? That's what it is. Country ham is prosciutto. Almost, American, it, it looks different. American country ham is the equivalent of Italian prosciutto. Very much so. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think yes. Italian prosciutto Try it out. is in a class by itself. Well, you could say that, but usually I will you say the American that is, is, when you think about a country ham, are you talking about like a Smithfield ham, something like that? So a Smithfield ham, it typically is the one on the low end. Like if you went to a, a, a oh, Bayer, really? Really? not a Bayer. I thought Smithfield was supposed favorite, to be really good. My favorite New Orleans hams are Chassis right. hams. Yeah. They're made right. right here, Right. but they are not in the same category with uh, what you just said. Yeah. And uh, that's... That's what's going on there. You a Smithfield is a country Smithfield ham. is also like a Chassisi. Is it really? Yes. Really? Yes. Because it looks a lot fancier. It comes in like a cloth, doesn't well, it? Well, you might think that, but then I'm telling you, it's it's really a different kind of an animal. And then uh, there are other ones like that. You mentioned the country ham. That needs to marinate for a while and a few other things. And then, and then there are others. There, uh -huh. are, there are others on, that are going in the same direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what how, What would you liken an Iberico ham to? Oh, you have? Oh, you want to? No. What would you liken it to? Well, it's it just a good, uh, not, not uh, really particularly, if it's at all. Uh, it's the, on the bone. The, well, I'm. That's definitely not the, low down like Chastasi for sure. Not to not to say that it's not. I'm but just it's saying the it's same a gourmet concept. ham. For it's sure. the same concept. It's a gourmet ham. All right, five five six nine six nine six is the number. We are going to close out the show now, and uh, and we've gone through I think just about all of our well actually there's a whole lot more of things to celebrate in October, which we will continually refer to throughout October because it's a big. Apparently, it's a big eating month, October is. Well, it's nice It's nice for eating outside, that's for sure. We'll see about that. All right, if you have missed any of the show, uh, you can get it easily enough if you go to nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That is also where you can sign up for the newsletter, which I have to say is pretty beautiful. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, comes out so. twice a week. And uh, it is full of who's open, who's it's just opened. Smile of pain. Who is just open? What? What? Smile of pain. Who is just opened? Um, and uh, who is who's got specials? What kind of things you can find uh, around town to eat? Also, we have our Instagram page. Our Instagram is at the New Orleans menu. At the New Orleans menu is where you're going to find a lot of cool pictures. That is also pretty nice stuff. These are the things that our daughter is doing for us now. She does a fantastic job. So everything sort of the head of the operation is nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. We do have our Instagram. We'd love for you to follow us. We'd love for you to sign up for the newsletter. If you have kids or grandkids that are... You know, just kind of hanging around a little bit bored, although a lot of people have gone back to school. But if they're younger and uh, you're just still laying low with corona, um, put on 
Emmy the Story Lady. That's E-M-M-I-E. It's on Spotify and Anchor and all of those platforms. It's me reading children's classic tales like Grimm's Fairy Tales and other things like that. It's kind of like old-fashioned radio, but directed toward kids. Uh, and last but not least, we have Tim McNally with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show coming up. Tim was uh, talking about, I think we had a commercial on before we got on the air, he was talking about Broussards, which has some great stuff going on right now. It is their centennial celebration, and uh, it's, it's a shame. It's really, well, I mean, there are other people who have anniversaries too, but none of them for centennial. But anyone who's celebrating a restaurant anniversary in 2020, I, I feel bad for them, especially Broussards, which had a year's worth of festivities to celebrate their centennial. But they do have a lot of good stuff over there. And I was excited to hear them with Tim before we started the show today. So don't forget, maybe you ought to go visit them too. We will be back on Monday when our guest is going to be Sue Zemanik from the Kitchen Queens of New Orleans. WGSO New Orleans, that's it for us. Have a wonderful evening. Michael Savage, join me in the Savage Nation right here on 990 AM WGSO in New Orleans. Give me 15 minutes and I'll give you the real America. Savage. United States after they tested positive for COVID-19. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's comments at an event in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The vice president continues. My wife Jill and I prayed that they'll make a quick and full recovery. This is not a matter of politics. It's a bracing reminder to all of us that we have to take this virus seriously. The latest health update of President Trump is that he's said to be energetic as he's quarantined with the virus. He and the First Lady are feeling mild symptoms, but staying in good spirits. Stocks are closing lower after cutting some losses following the diagnosis of the president. The Dow losing 134 points to finish at 27,682. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on balance of nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I'd have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time. And I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50 and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says President Trump's positive coronavirus test changes the dynamic of ongoing negotiations over a new stimulus package. This kind of changes the dynamic uh, uh, because here they see the reality of, of what we have been saying all along. Pelosi also striking an optimistic tone, saying that she believes a deal will be done with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin that will include another round of $1,200 stimulus checks. The U.S. economy adding 661,000 jobs in September while the unemployment rate fell 
from 8.4% in August to 7.9% last month. That's according to newly released statistics from the Labor Department. The economy has recovered around half of the 22 million jobs lost due to lockdowns and other measures in response to the coronavirus pandemic. You're listening to USA Radio News. Rebecca Chapman, who is the general manager, Jimmy Setchum, who is the executive chef at Broussard's Restaurant, one of the most beautiful restaurants in New Orleans, because Broussard's is a true New Orleans restaurant, and you guys are both New Orleanians. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be a part of the history and culture at Broussard's. If you haven't been there lately, you need to correct that problem. Get over there. They got the 1920 special, which is the date of the founding of Broussard's, on wines and on food. Broussard's Restaurant, 819 Conti in the heart of the French Quarter. Hi, this is Kate Delaney from America Tonight. The show kicks on at midnight, and I'm loving the overwhelming support in New Orleans. What a group of fantastic listeners here on WGSO 990 AM. Join me every morning to catch up on what I call the buzz in your backyard and mine. You'll hear some of the most interesting people on the planet from the world of business, politics, sports, and, well, just intriguing people with a story to tell. If you're around, give us a call. Don't worry, I'll spit out the number plenty of times on the air. Let's agree to meet at midnight right here on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans. It's a nice night tonight. It's going to be another beautiful day on hand for you tomorrow. And then really decent continuing Sunday. However, we begin to get back to a few degrees warmer. Not by much, though. Tomorrow morning, we'll start off dropping through the 60s and 50s. Tomorrow afternoon, sunshine all day, the middle 70s. Then dropping back into the 50s to low 60s early Sunday, where a sunny day prevails mostly, follows with a few fair weather clouds, if any, going to 80. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Industry of Faith Louisiana is holding its job fair and tailgate cook-off. Company representatives will be on hand with applications and interviewing for many different jobs, including industrial electricians, electrical technician, welders, carpenters, truck drivers, pipe fitters, and many more. Thursday, October 15th, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the River Parishes Community College Technical Training Center, Gonzales. Vendors in the oil and gas market are welcome to participate. To register, click industryoffaithla.com. Rewind, put it on. 